Welcome to the Foundations of Learning podcast, where we believe every child deserves a tailored and enriching educational experience. By embracing diverse perspectives and sharing practical tips, I hope to inspire you to actively participate in your child's learning journey, fostering a love for knowledge and nurturing the skills necessary for success in a rapidly changing world. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to start this podcast. I wanted to start this for a long time just because I feel like on social media, it's very hard to get your point across in like 10 seconds or less. So we're going to do a podcast and we're going to talk about all things education, all things learning. We're going to talk about learning to read, just really a broad spectrum of education and learning. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about the worst literacy practices, why they suck, and what you should be doing instead. Um, I was actually recently reading a New York Times article, and it it's an older article, but um, I thought it was so relevant, and it just really hit home as to why I started this business and why I started doing stuff on social media, because I was seeing that there was a problem with our nation's report card. I mean, I just looked at very recent NAEP um, records or not records, but um, information on our report card. And it was so sad. It was that 60% of fourth graders are not reading on grade level. Okay. And like, why? Why? Because it's possible for kids to learn to read. And I'm going to talk about why in just a second. But anyways, this New York Times article really shed a light on why it is that our report card sucks. And it was about a mother that was listening to her child to be taught to read over Zoom during the dreaded pandemic. The thing that honestly, I hated the pandemic with all my being um, because it was really hard to teach kids over Zoom um, and it, it was a big learning curve, but also it shed a light for parents and even for me on the problems that we had with our school system, the problems that we had with teaching kids and that we weren't using best practices and it is not the fault of this teacher and I'm going to talk about that in a second. Anyways, what the mother found while she was listening to her kindergartner be taught to read and then again in first grade because she had to stay virtual is that the teachers were telling her child to look at the first letter of the word, look at the pictures for clues, and think about if that word made sense. So basically, the teacher was telling the child to guess. Now, that is going to cause so much frustration for that child, and I don't want to just sit here and like hound on the teacher because guess what? In college, she probably wasn't taught the best practices, and that's just the sad reality. We have decades of information on how we actually learn to read, so it's really sad that in college, educators are not being taught this information. I was not taught this information until a couple of years ago, and it was mind-blowing. Like I was, It was like I was given the key on how to actually help these students, and it's just outrageous that they're, they're not teaching this in college. Now they are teaching it in college. Um, I've had some practicum students. If you are a college student and you are listening to this, comment below and let me know. Are they teaching you what I'm about to tell you? Um, but it really shed a light on what I was doing wrong and why it was so wrong. And this teacher, she was doing the exact things that I was doing. And I hate to say that, but I, I was. I was doing things wrong, but that's just how I was taught. 
Um, so we can go on like a whole deep dive on why she was being taught that. But today we're just going to talk about setting the foundations and that we don't have to teach kids to memorize or to guess words. So I'm going to give you a little bit of an analogy here. Imagine that you were being told that you have to take a test on American history, but the kicker is, is that you will be told only bits and pieces of info. But when taking the test, you'll have to be able to in detail. Tell me every date of every war in order. Explain what happened. Give me names. Could you do it? Probably not because you were not given the information you needed to be successful in that task. Okay. Now, raise your hand if you're really good at memorization. If you're raising your hand, congratulations. I wish I had your brain. My husband is like this. He can memorize literally anything. Like, he just knows it. And I ask him all the time, like, how do you know that information? He's like, I don't know. I just... I just have it in my brain. <laughs> that is not me. And if you had the same experience as I did, which you probably did in school is a lot of what we were doing was memorization. Um, we used to do whole word reading. So it was like, hey, this is the word me. Read this word. This is the word me. What's this word? It's me. That is not best practices. So let's talk about what best practices are so you don't have to have your child guessing and they will actually find success in reading, which will then make them like reading. All right, because we're not guessing. So let's talk about segmenting and blending. So segmenting and blending we're going to do with just auditory in the beginning. We are not going to show them letters. We are not going to show them words. This is just going to be manipulating the sounds in words without looking at anything. You can start this so early. The number one thing I do want to talk about, though, is um, talking about the way that we're forming the sounds in the mouth. This is a great time to talk about that because... Um, when we form sounds incorrectly in our mouths, it actually causes problems when we go to spelling and reading. So what I mean by that is talk about what are my lips doing? What are my teeth doing? What's my tongue doing? What's my voice box doing? And make sure we're having them say sounds correctly. And if your child is still at a point where they um, are not like speaking in full sentences yet, you can still practice sounds with them. You can still practice breaking um, words up into sounds. And this might even help them in, um, like if they have some speech issues, I am not a speech pathologist by any means, but talking about these things, that is what a lot of speech pathologists do is they talk about how we're actually forming that sound in their mouth and they practice it. So this can be helpful. Anyways, okay, let's talk about segmenting and blending. So we're gonna talk about segmenting first or sorry, blending first, not segmenting. We're going to talk about blending first. And this is going to be the skill they need in reading. Segmenting will be what they need in spelling. Okay. So blending, reading, segmenting is going to be spelling. So with blending, what we're going to do is you're going to have to model this at the very beginning and they're going to copy you. Okay. So in the very beginning with blending, I'm going to actually tell them the sounds in a word and then they have to blend it back together to make a word. I would start with two sound words. So for example, I would say, all right, I'm going to tell you the sounds and I want to see if you know this word. Are you ready? At, at, what's my word? And they're going to say at. Now, like I said, in the beginning, you might have to do it with them. Okay. So once you get good and they can do this on their own, so you can say app, What's my word? And they say app. Once you get to that point, you can move on to three sound words. So p, i, n. What's my word? Pin. And again, you might have to help them in the beginning and tell them the word until they get really good at it. Once they're good at three sound words, start with four sound words. So maybe we're doing the word p, 
plan. So I'm going to say p What's my word? And they say plan. Now, in the beginning, it can be helpful for them to have a concrete method. So what I mean by that is that you could get like blocks, you could get Legos, you could get Cheerios, you could have them tap their fingers, you could have them tap their arm for each sound, you could have them jumping up and down for each sound um, while they're doing that. And so when you are telling them the sounds, you're sliding down each of these blocks and then they are sliding their finger across um, those blocks to make the word. So that can be very helpful in the beginning if they are struggling with this. Now let's talk about segmenting. That was blending. Let's talk about segmenting. Now with segmenting, I'm going to tell them a word and they have to break it up into its sounds. So for example, if I was to say, all right, the word I want you to break into their sounds is, is we'll do two sound first, just like I had said, an. The word is an. Can you say an? I always make them say it first just because then they get to hear it and feel it in their mouth. So they'll say an and then they tap the sounds. Ah, n. Now again, you're going to do this maybe with them in the beginning and tapping the sounds with them, but eventually they need to be able to do it on their own. Then you move to three sound words. So we're going to talk about cat, right? So they're going to go or I'm sorry, I'm going to say cat. They say cat. They tap the sounds. Now, again, remember, this is completely auditory. If they need a concrete method, again, you can use blocks. They can jump for each sound. They can tap their fingers. They can tap their arms. However it is that's going to engage them in this, it's also really fun to play with pretend words. Um, again, once they get good with three sound words, do four sound words. So like the word plan, I would say the word is plan. You say plan. Now tap the sounds. P okay. You're going to keep doing that until they're really good at it. That is going to be a foundational skill that they need to be able to do. This is going to help them in reading and this is going to help them in spelling. When you're reading, you have to segment the sounds and blend it back together. When you're spelling, you have to segment the sounds and be able to write that sound that or write that letter that makes that sound. Okay. So beautiful thing. Practice it whenever, however, but that is one skill they need. Next skill they need is they need to be able to see a letter and tell you the sound immediately. Like I show them the letter F and they say, now when you're teaching letters, do not teach them all at once. I mean, you're going to want to teach three or four at a time. You can start with um, the letters that are in their name because that's super fun for them. Um, if you've been practicing, you know, them writing their names and they get to now learn the sounds of those, whatever you want to do with that. But I will put in the show notes my um, recommendation for which letters to teach because there are a couple of things when you are teaching letters. You want to make sure that you're separating any letters that sound similar or look similar. Um, and then I also will break up the vowel sounds because the vowel sounds Oftentimes, like especially E and I, they will confuse those sounds. But if you talk about how their mouth is being formed, that will help them. Um, but anyway, so let's talk about teaching a letter. So I use mnemonic devices. If you're watching this, great. If you're not watching this, I'm going to explain to you what I have in my hand here. I have a card. It has the uppercase letter and the lowercase letter F, and it has a picture of a fence. Now, mnemonic devices, this is what I would do. So I, this is how I teach it. I say, okay, this is an uppercase F. What is this? I'm pointing to an uppercase F. Um, this is an uppercase F. What is this? An uppercase F. We use this in the beginning of our names, and we use this at the beginning 
beginning of a sentence, we're going to use a capital letter or an uppercase letter, however you want to teach that, okay? This is a lowercase f. What is this letter? This is a lowercase f. Um, and then generally, I would have them do a sort, but we're going to get to that in just a second, okay? This letter says, what does this letter say? Now, I'm going to talk about what my lips are doing. My lips, I'm biting my, my lip with my top teeth. My tongue is going to the bottom of my mouth and my voice box is not vibrating. Now, I would explain to them this. I would say, I want you to say, ah, and they can feel that their, vi their voice box is vibrating. Now, I want you to say, ah, like you're breathing, breathing out, ah, no vibration, okay? This is an unvoiced sound. My voice box does not vibrate. Now, it's very important you talk about this because they're going to want to say, ba or ha or um, I'm trying to think, pa, right? They want to add this uh sound. There is no uh sound. Make sure you're talking about that. Talk about your mouth. Okay, now I would teach a, a mnemonic device. So I would say F fence. And this is a good way, um, especially when you get to more complex skills and they're like reading with valpines and diphthongs and things like that. So like, for example, I'm going to hold up a card. It has an A and a Y on it and then a girl playing. And this is the Val team A. So our saying for this is A, Y, play, A. And the reason I do that is because when I'm asking them while they're reading, I'm like, you know, they come across a word and it has the Val team A, Y. And they're asking me, um, like, you know, what patterns are in this word? I don't know which patterns. What, well, do you see a vowel? Do you see a Y? Oh, you see A, Y. What does A, Y say? And if they can't remember what A, Y says, First of all, I know, okay, I need to go back and reteach that. Second of all, if I say play, they're like, oh yeah, A Y play A. It just gives them that little keyword to help them remember if they're having a hard time with that. So anyways, that, that's kind of why I use mnemonic devices. Um, and it's just a fun way. If you can add in any sort of movement with this when you are teaching the letter. So like my, I would just let my students make up an action to help them remember the F sound, um, whether that be... Um, like F fence and they're climbing over the fence or they're building a fence or whatever it is, just getting them to move. Now, some fun ways that you can, once you've taught this letter, oh, sorry, let me go back. So we've taught the letter. I usually go back and I have them do a word sort or not a word sort. Oh my goodness, a letter sort. So they sort uppercase and lowercase F. As they're sorting, they're saying uppercase F and they're saying the sound because the sound's the most important piece. Lowercase F and I'm having them sort between uppercase and lowercase f. So you can do this by getting sticky notes and writing them and then having them sort. You can also do this. Um, I have letter sort cards. I can put that in the show notes as well that you can um, get that have uppercase and lowercase. Um, but the biggest thing is, is we want them to be able to recognize the letter and say it sound, okay? Um, one thing you can do, let's say I've taught these four letters, right? I've taught A, G, T, and F. I don't know, those are the letters that I've taught, right? If they, um, if you can incorporate play in multi-sensory activities, what I mean by that, I'm going to give you examples for play. Um, you could play hit that letter. Let's say they love to shoot bows and arrows. They love to shoot Nerf guns. They love to um, throw balls or whatever it is. You can tape these letters that they've learned up on the wall and then you say a sound and they have to hit that sound. Or if they love to move their bodies, you can lay the sounds they've learned on the floor and they can jump and sit, jump on the letter that you say the sound of. So I would say ah, and they have to jump on the letter that says ah. Um, 
You can also play hide and seek with the letters. So you hide the letters around the house. You say a sound. They have to go find that sound. Um, you can have, let's say they love Spider-Man and they have a little Spider-Man action figure or they love their baby doll and they want to teach their baby doll or Spider-Man. Have them teach a stuffed animal or a pet or grandparent or whoever, aunt, uncle, have them teach the letter and the letter sound to them. That's super fun for them. They get to show off the new things that they've learned. So there are so many ways. Just think about the interest of your child and what you can do to incorporate those interests. Now, the second thing you can do is um, multi-sensory activities. So multi-sensory activities, um, one good example is if you got like a big bin and I'm talking like a bin that you would use to um, organize things or store things away in, right? Get a bin like that that's not super thick or I don't know how to explain it, deep. Sorry, the word is deep. <laughs> um, and uh, put things in it. So you could put rice in it. You could put um, like dry beans in it. You could put fake snow in it. You could put kinetic sand in it. Um, you could put water and some bubbles with um, food coloring whatever you want to do there. And then you can get magnetic tiles. You can get, um, um, sorry, I'm having like a brain fart right now. You can get cute. Uh, oh my goodness. Anyways, we're just going to say letter tiles. Cause I can't even think of what I'm trying to say. Blocks, blocks that have letters on them and you can put them in that sensory bin. You say a sound, they have to pull the letter that says that sound. Okay. It's super simple. So many ways that you can do this now with writing the letter. Um, if your child is doesn't have the fine motor skills to be able to write one, you need to one easy way to do this is they in the beginning, you want to use like big pencils, big crayons, like I'm talking like the fat ones. Um, and you can draw like random lines, random swirls or shapes or whatever with a highlighter. And then they have to copy that that will help them get fine motor skills or have them pick up little things like um, little Cheerios or little chocolates with just their their finger and their thumb. They just have to pick it up with those two fingers um, or they can use like tongs and they have to use tongs to pick things up. There's so many things you can do to do fine motor. But if they don't have those fine motor skills yet, um, they can draw the letter in the air. So for example, if we're talking about the letter A, they're drawing it in the air with their finger and they're saying A, A or A, Apple, A as they write it. I also have sayings um, for how we write the letters. I have a little writing page. Um, I'll put that in the show description as well. Um, and it has a picture of a sun, a mountain, a grass, and a worm. Now, the reason I do that is so that we can talk about, okay, this letter is going to start at the sun. It's going to go down to the grass, back up to the sun, down to the grass, and across on the mountain, right? So it gives them a way to remember how they write that letter. Okay, so I, you can do that in the air. Like I said, you can use finger paints. You can have them write it in fake snow. You could have a, them even build it with Legos. You could have them build it with Play-Doh. Um, it doesn't really matter. But again, like I said, make sure that you are emphasizing the sound correlation to what this letter looks like and the sound that it makes. That is the most important piece. Okay, so let's talk. What did I just talk about? What are the big things that I want you to work on with your little? I want you to work on blending and segmenting your sounds auditory. You can do this anywhere at any time, okay? They need to know their letter sounds. Again, only teach two to four at a time. Once they have mastered those sounds, then you can move on to two or four more. But don't try to teach all of them at the same time. 
Don't teach them in alphabetical order. You need to mix them up. If they know at least 10 of them, go back and review constantly. So that's why I also love these mnemonic cards because it is so easy to review sounds. So if I've taught, you know, these six sounds, I can go back and I can just show them the card. They tell me the sound. We move on to the next one. They tell me the sound. I move on to the next one. I tell They tell me the sound. Make sure you're mixing up your cards. Don't keep them in the same order because they will remember. They will memorize the order and they don't actually know the sound they've just memorized. So make sure you're doing that. Last but not least, make sure you are not allowing your child to guess on words. Let's set the foundations. Those are the foundations that they need. If they can get those two things down, then when we actually begin to start learning to read, it will be so much easier. I hope that this podcast was helpful. If you have anything that you would like me to talk about or if you need me to go back and reiterate something or explain it further, please let me know in the comments below. Um, And as always, have a fantastic day and we will see you next time. Thank you.